You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In this episode, Brian Barney is on the podcast, and he and I cover finding your next honey hole, some of the do's, don'ts, questions, types of research to do, and everything along those lines so that you can find a new area to hunt year after year. I hope you enjoy the show. And I was kind of wondering what your thoughts on basically when you get to your point where, you know, whether it's whether it's the end of November, whether it's December, whether it's January, and you're like, okay, it's time to start planning this next season. Here's where I'm going to apply. This is why, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think that would be kind of a cool conversation because I know a lot of my buddies that are like, yeah, I would, I would really love to hunt, but I don't know when to look into it. I don't know what I really need to look for, and obviously not the specifics of where we apply. And because, as you know, when you do the work and you finally find a good place, it's like I'm not telling a soul. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on something like that? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, because um, you you try to figure out, you know. Uh, like uh, me and you, we're always trying to figure out how much time we can have and how many hunts we can fit in and what we can apply for, you know, and, and mm-hmm. kind of what our goals and ambitions are. And I I always lean, I always love to hunt high country mule deer, but I kind of break up my season. You know, I want to get an elk hunt in there. I want to get a high country mule deer hunt or two in there. And then, and then I look towards the late season. So I try to plan out my year where I can do a bunch of different hunts and be hunting for three, four or five months. It would be the ultimate goal um and then when i when i start looking like for um you know for for high country hunts or for elk hunts you know i i kind of start with you know what state i want to hunt you know and and whatever state that is whether you know even if i'm looking in my home state i'll start breaking down my home state or maybe i you know i want to hunt a a different state And, and a different state it can be you know, maybe you heard a hunch about it. Maybe you saw a picture in a magazine. Maybe, you know, you've always heard good things. But we all have this state in our mind when we think a high country mule deer. We think, a, you know, Colorado or Wyoming or, where, you know, Utah or, you know, whatever state that, that you think you'd like to hunt. You know, you, you kind of start diving into that state you start looking at when their application deadlines are due and then you start looking at their tags and and how many points it's going to take and and it's tough to get tags every single year where you've almost got to start planning ahead but i like to hunt units 
I, I don't like to wait 10 years for a unit to hunt. For me, I'd rather hunt a unit every couple years and really learn it and then, and then kill a big, big buck out of there that way. But I do want trophy potential in there. And so what I try to look for is I look for sought after tags with a rifle. I look for sought after tags that have, of, with bow tags and muzzle loader. And I kind of start to break it down and look for tags that I can maybe get in a couple, two, three years, or, or maybe I can get it in one year or zero years. I've got a lot of places that I hunt with zero and one points that I've killed giant bucks out of and, and, and good bulls out of. And so, but I, I try to get a feel kind of for, for what, uh, what, what's a sought after tag. And I, I kind of just mix up all this information. So if I'm breaking down one state, I look for the sought after tags and then, you know, you can go on Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young's website and they'll tell you how many animals have come from each county. So Boone and Crockett bucks, you know, what's a Boone and Crockett buck? 195, I think, or something like that. For typical, I I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, one ninety five for typical, yeah. and like two two ten. Don't quote me for a non typical or whatever. And so every entry into the Boone and Crockett is just letting you know where the big ones live. And so mm-hmm. you can kind of break it down by counties to see that okay, twenty three Boone and Crockett bucks were killed out of this county, and then a hundred and five Pope and Youngs. And Pope and Youngs a little bit less. It's like a one forty five mule deer net typical for pope and young but you can see the scores in there as well and they're not always on that low side a lot of them are bigger bucks so i start to kind of do a county map and then i'll start to write down numbers uh okay sought after tags i'll kind of circle and they don't always lie in one county sometimes they're two and so i'll put a where the sought after tags are and where tags that i think i can get and one two points and then i start marking out the counties and i'll mark Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett. And so I kind of dive into this and, and I kind of dive after my hunting season is over January, unless there's a tag that, that comes due before that. And, and then I just spend my winters researching on the computer. And so I start to break it down, Boone and Crockett entries, Pope and Young entries, sought after tags. Then I start to look at the country. And for me, high country mule deer, it's got to be the right fit for me. It's got to be the right high mountain range I want to hunt and the, and the right spot that's conducive to glassing and and so i kind of look at, at areas on on google earth and look on maps and and then i look for you know if one county's really good for boone and crockett bucks i look at bordering counties counties that are around it that maybe a lot of people don't get to or mountain range but i i want to make sure there's trophy potential and i want to make sure i can get a tag there and so i start to break it down that way and i don't get super specific in my tag application process i just try to find the mountain range i want to hunt or the unit i want to hunt that sits within a good county and and then i just start applying and you know some guys are worrying about drawing too many tags i've never drawn too many tags (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's just like uh, i mean i've drawn a lot of tags but i just try to plan it out but i i've never drawn where it's like oh my gosh i got a a sheep a goat a moose and three mule deer tags in the same time frame i just it just doesn't happen and so you can put in for a couple tags in the same time frame and you kind of look at the odds of the tags and you can kind of figure what you got a good chance of drawing and what you don't and and then just try to break it up like you say your early season mule deer you know your elk season your your late season mule deer and the, you know like maybe your rut hunts and then and then your extreme late 
mule deer season or a coos deer season and and i try to find the unit i want to hunt and once i find the unit i'll dive into the mountain range a little bit and and kind of look but i'm not looking for the exact trailhead i want to hike up or the exact drainage i want to hike up that'll come later after i draw the tag then i'll start to break down the mountain range and break down exactly where i'm going to go and where i'm going to hunt and I mean, you do want to make sure that there's public land in there and, and access where you want to go and, and, uh, you know, and, and you might get into the mountain range a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes I find myself falling, you know, where I, where I, oh, I want to hunt this unit, but maybe I'd go up here. Maybe I'd go in there. Maybe I dive in a little bit deeper. But for the most part, I'm just trying to narrow it down to which units I want to hunt that I think will be quality units for the game that I'm going after. And then that's where I apply from. And, and if I am lucky enough to draw the tag, then I start to really break down the unit and when i when i dissect a unit i i look at every possible mountain range public land piece and, and i just start crossing things off the map circling things on the map vantage points going in field is always the best if you can make a scouting trip and and go see those vantage points or walk that timber or park at those spots that's so valuable to do scouting trips but sometimes you're 12 14 hours away from there and you're going to have to do all your scouting from a computer and so you know computer and maps and so then you just want to plan a couple days before your hunt to get down there drive around be able to find your your access points and trailheads and where you're going to walk up from and get yourself familiar with the country you know before you dive in because it's it's never the same on a computer as it is when you actually get into country and so um that's kind of how i go about the process what about you zach you know, I it's kind. Of, I haven't been hunting multiple states near as long as you have, Brian. But one of the first, I'm very fortunate to live in Wyoming because I've lived in Wyoming my whole life, and as you know, there are, there are some very good, very good potential for both uh, whitetail or for all three, I guess, whitetails, mule deer, uh, as well as elk. Um, pretty much high country desert whatever you whatever you fancy you you can pretty well hunt it in Wyoming I'm just very fortunate um so because I've been hunting in Wyoming for I don't know what it, well, I started hunting when I was 12 and 25 now so 13 years I guess um the first thing that I start looking at is I start looking at states that have seasons when I can't be hunting in Wyoming so right off the bat I see okay Nevada you know, some of their stuff opens like August 10th. Then I see some things in Colorado. It opens August 28th. Um, and then I start uh, looking at what those tags could possibly be, what they, you know, what they, what they hold that I would actually be interested in. Because um, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to buy an out-of-state antelope license. That's just something that does not interest me whatsoever. Um, well, and you've, then, you've got such good antelope hunting in Wyoming. I can, oh man, I can see that too. And and I've got good antelope here in Montana as well. And a big one would be nice. But I'm with you. I I look for for mule deer and elk if I'm going to pay the money and travel to a different state. I love antelope and love antelope hunting. But but I'm with you on that one. Something about something about antlers. It just it's that's what excites me you know i see an ant i see a, a big and i've you know shot and not once again not to mention inches but i've shot like 80 inch antelope which is nothing huge don't get me wrong but i was like okay well there's another antelope you know shoot well, i don't know 170 inch deer and i am just like flipping out i'm so excited <laughs> you know so it's just i don't know like you say it all comes down to what excites you but then i start you know 
I basically know that I'm going to have at least a deer and an elk hunt in Wyoming, even if I have to use a general tag, mule deer and, and an elk tag. Um, and at that point, I start looking at what I can potentially hunt um, end of October and into November. And this year, I'm even looking into, obviously, I have that tag for January. Um, and my whole thought there was it's going to be freezing cold in Wyoming and probably not as cold in New Mexico. Um, but then what I start doing right away um, as soon as drawings post, I go through and I start scouring leftover tags in Wyoming. And as soon as I go through that, I start scouring leftover tags in other states that I would potentially like to hunt um, that aren't during the same season that I can hunt Wyoming. Because um, right now I am – I mean absolutely, I would love to go and and be in an area where I can shoot 200 or 400-inch elk, you know, 200-inch mule deer. Um, but at the same point, I would love to go on a trip and get the opportunity to shoot a decent buck with my bow, and I would, that would be just as cool. So that's why at this moment in time, I'm like, okay, what's left over that has potential for me to go have an opportunity? Um, and then it allows me to get out and just have that much more practice, um, and that way when I do start – being more focused on drawing high-quality areas like you are, Brian, um, I'll be much more proficient with what I'm doing anyways. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Experience is the best teacher, and the more days you can be out and the, the more different the, – the, the different places you can go and you can figure out and solve the puzzle to it and figure out where the game animals are, you know, whether you kill something or not. But if you can just find them and kind of unlock the, the pieces to the puzzle to different units and different places and different states and different critters and different animals, you know, pretty pretty soon, you know, you, you start to unlock the secrets to bow hunting. You start to un, uh, unlock the secrets to chasing those huge mind-blowing trophies that you're after. And it's just – it's all about experience and gaining knowledge. So you're definitely on the right path. Yeah, you know, and and the, the, the more you go to a place, you just continue to up your odds. So – I uh, I started looking at a state that offered over-the-counter tags, and I said, okay, well, because I have buddies from all over that we all want to go hunting together, but we never know what's going to happen when they have to apply for a draw. So we're like, okay, well, where can we all just go buy a license over-the-counter and go hunt? And started looking into that, started doing some research. So we ended up finding an elk area over-the-counter and – had really, you know, we called the game biologist, um, and he gave us some leads basically. Got on Google Earth, started looking at the spots where he suggested, and uh, ended up finding basically a honey hole, an over-the-counter tag where we were where we were putting the hunt on 340 and 350 class bulls. is is pretty awesome because we know we now know that we can go hunt that spot. Every year until they decide to take it off over the counter, which is cool for me because then you can count on it. You know what I mean? No, oh, good for you guys. Yeah, and that's kind of a misconception with hunting is that you need a sought after tag or tough draw odds to have a good hunt or to find trophy animals. And 
and uh, you really don't. Like I say, I don't I don't apply for tags that take me even six years, eight years, ten years. I, those aren't the tags I look for. I look for the tags that I can hunt often, and and sometimes they are zero points or one points or over the counter units, and and it's a uh, there there's a lot of trophy game out west, and it doesn't have to be this this huge tough to draw tag to find a 350 inch bull. So good for you guys. You guys put in the research, found an over the counter tag where you can go chase big ones, you know, and and go have a good experience. But like you see, if you just keep exploring these different states and the different opportunities they have, you're going to find these spots. And um, I've killed a lot of nice deer and nice elk at a general general season spots. And so, yeah, I I think that's a great tip that that you don't just wait to draw some some 10 or 12 point tag to be able to go kill a big buck. You start hunting now. You start gaining experience and you look for over the counter tags or easy to draw tags that that you can get where you can go gain experience and go learn and be in the woods and you're not going to kill them from the couch but you just might if you're out there in a unit whether it's in a different state or a sought after tag or not and it all it takes is is a mature animal if a if a bull gets to six to eight years old you know he's gonna look good he's gonna be a big one you know and mm-hmm. so you just got to find those spots and they do exist on on over-the-counter tags so i think that's great yeah, and and another one is is definitely just use your resources. You know, a lot of the stuff that I've been implementing and applying is stuff that I've learned from you, um, stuff that I've learned from other Eastman's articles or some of their books that they've published. Um, I mean, Brian is putting this stuff out there for a reason. It's not just go in one ear and out the other. I mean, when he's when you're listening to Brian, just take your finger and stick it in the other ear so that it stops before it goes out the other ear because <laughs> what you're saying, Brian, is like gold. It just it seriously is so helpful and as well as the MRS section in the back of those journals, I use that too and when they decided to compile all their stuff, you know, in that yearly one, I use that thing and got notes all over and highlighted stuff and i mean just use what you have it's there for a reason <laughs> oh you're so right there's so much good information in there and and i use it too i have the the yearly book and use the msr and look at that and as well as uh state game agencies that that have information but i i think a big part of it is just wanting to be successful and and willing to put forth the effort and i i think that's what what you've done is you've you you care about it and you love it and you want to become better at it and so all this information it is gold to you because you take Take it in and then apply it. And you're you're out in the woods and you're 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 trying to do your research in these units. And if you're just willing to put forth the effort and want to be successful and, and want to become better, you will become better. And and that's exactly what you've applied and done. And so I think that's an important part of it too. Is if you if you want to be better, you just set your mind to it and gather that information that's out there. And 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 not only me and you. There, there's a lot of great hunters out there that are putting out great information and just try to soak it all up and. And like you say, use the resources that are available to you, whether um, you know, you're breaking down states with Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young, you're using state game agencies. Some of these state game agencies, I mean, uh, they'll have dough to buck ratios, they'll have uh percentage of four point bucks, percentage of, of uh hunters that harvest bucks, and so you can really start to to learn a lot about a state and different units and different places to hunt just by using that information. So I think the biggest thing is is just like what you've done is is you Using that information and applying it, deciding that that a giant mule deer is something that you want, 
and you're going to work towards that goal. And yet, it may not come the first year that you hunt out of state or the first time you go mule deer hunting, but eventually you're going to gain that knowledge and start to harvest a couple bucks and be able to work your way up the rungs of the ladder until you can harvest that huge mind-blowing buck that that you're you're after because they're out there and they're out there on public land for us. It's just the it's the new age of hunting right now where it's it's us guys that are doing all the research and and working really hard and out in the field and we're scouting and we're hunting. I mean, those are the guys that are that are going to find the success out there. Mm-hmm. And the, like, really, the only thing I would add to that is once you start your research, um, I find it most valuable to learn from somebody that you hunt the most like. Um, and that that's why I found so much value in what you teach, Brian, is because. I am hunting the public lands. I don't really like asking for permission. Um, <clears throat> so whether that's whether that's like Brian or or Guy or Aaron Snyder or Cameron Haynes, it really doesn't matter who it is. These guys are successful for a reason. Um, but if you go out and you absolutely hate climbing mountains, and and your favorite thing to do is hunt tree stand and whitetails, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. I've done it. <laughs> but if if that's what it is, then someone like myself, um, you probably wouldn't be like, hmm, I, I, I want to learn how Zach hunts elk so that I can go hunt this whitetail. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think it's finding the, the right role models or the – uh, the right influences that that uh, they're like your style of hunting or, or what you want to be doing for sure. No, I think that's a great tip. Yeah, because just like when you go to start picking out the area, you pick out the area that you like to hunt and want to hunt. It's the exact same idea. Yeah, don't follow me around for whitetails. I'm not any good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I love hunting whitetails and all species. They'll they'll let me hunt, but I've only killed uh, I've killed a handful of does with my bow, and then I I honestly I do not have a whitetail buck with my bow yet. But they're just um, here in Montana. They're uh, the, you now not to say there's no public land spots to find them. There is. I just I I get one tag a year, and I end up hunting mule deer every single year, and I have hunted whitetail bucks. Here and there, and I I do have a whitetail buck uh, with my rifle years ago, but yeah, I just don't harvest many whitetail bucks because I don't focus on them. I always focus on mule deer because I love hunting mule deer, and I I love the landscape they're in. I love the big mountains they're in, and and even if they're not in the mountains, I love the desert or the coolie country or just the wild public land that they live in. And so I I just haven't caught the bug yet. But one of these years, I am gonna I am gonna harvest a good whitetail. You know, every year I say, well, this is the year I'm gonna harvest a good whitetail, and then I'll end up going out to my my mule deer spots and getting the mule deer out there but but one of these years but no i think it's i think you're right if you're if you're uh, want to know how to kill a big whitetail i'm i'm not the guy to listen to for sure i'm more of a western hunter for elk and mule deer and antelope and bear and and uh those kind of things so i think that's a good tip yeah well you gotta do what excites you yep that's it well, whitetails is fun, and I, I do like hunting them. I, I don't want to badmouth hunting whitetails because they are a super challenge. It's amazing how they can live in such a small tract of land and be so smart. Uh, it's so hard to find. Yeah, how they can outsmart <laughs> hunters in this small little tract of land where these muleys have tons of country to hide in, you know. And so I do have a ton of respect for them. I just don't – I don't have a lot of opportunity where I'm at here, and I, and I could find opportunity. Like I say, I just I, – I've fallen in love with hunting mule deer, and so that's what I spend my time doing. But but nothing against hunting whitetail. I think they're one of the toughest. 
one of the toughest challenges out there and and uh, great trophies and uh, it's, it's well spent time i just got a I, I wish montana would give me a whitetail tag too i think that would be in a perfect <laughs> world but uh, uh one of these one of these years i'll i'll uh, harvest a nice whitetail or really put my effort into it because uh, they are fun to hunt and a super challenge yeah, it just seems like our home states never give us us residents enough tags, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're pretty fortunate, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you always wish for more, but yeah, gosh, I mean, like you living in Wyoming here in Montana is just a dream world for me. I get an elk and a deer tag every year, uh, a spring bear tag every year, and most years, I well, every year I get an antelope tag as well with a bow. It's pretty much guaranteed, and great odds for moose, sheep, and go. I mean, how can you beat those kind of experiences or those? kind of tags for a for a local resident i mean a lot of these states um guys have to wait years just to get an elk tag and so yeah me and you are so fortunate living in in wyoming and montana and we may take a little hit you know when we get our paycheck every week but we live in an awesome spot where we can go chase uh uh really trophy critters and get to do it every year so yeah we're really fortunate agreed i i couldn't agree with that anymore and that that allows for the opportunities that you we were just, we've been talking about basically this whole show <laughs> yeah the opportunity to get better <laughs> yeah that's um like i say the biggest thing to improving and getting better is experience and montana lets you hunt such long seasons for these animals that you get so much experience that you end up improving your skill set to where then you feel confident to go to these other states and be able to be successful and test your skills there so yep i think you're right awesome well, right on, man. I don't know. It's getting pretty late. We better shut her down and get a little sleep and do her again here soon, huh? Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks a bunch, Zach. I think it went really well, too. It's a good conversation with you, and we need to do it more. Uh, uh, like you say, our schedules are just so busy, so thanks for working with my schedule. and, and uh, Yeah, I, thanks for working with mine. Yep, we'll do it again here in the future. Okay, that sounds perfect. I appreciate it, Brian, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, talk to you later, Zach. Uh, all right, bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are... Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney. And Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.